situation. Uh, A Savior who has a heart for us, who knows what we've been through, and I thank God for him. Thank God for Jesus even right now. I praise God for each of you who've come to share with us this morning and those who are watching us virtually. We're getting ready to go directly to the word of the Lord. We're going to Judges, the 16th chapter, and we'll be looking at verses 20 and 21. Again, that's Judges chapter 16, verses 20 and 21. We will also be looking at Psalm 51 and 11. That's Judges chapter 16, verses 20 and 21. And we'll also be looking at Psalm 51 
and 11. If somebody has that, just say amen. Judges chapter 16, verse 20 reads like this. And she said, the Philistines are upon you, Samson. And he awoke from his sleep and said, I will go out as other times and shake myself free. But he did not know that the Lord had left him. He did not know that the Lord had left him. And the Philistines seized him and gouged out his eyes and brought him down to Gaza and bound him with bronze shackles. And he ground at the mill in the prison. Psalm 51 and 11 reads like this, cast me not away from your presence and take not your Holy Spirit from me. My thought for this morning is simply no signal. Say that with me. Say no signal. No signal. When I begin to think of this, I, I begin to question personally myself and more globally for us all our level of commitment to serving God. What is our level? That's the question, I guess. The thought-provoking question, what is our level of commitment to God? When, when I look at Samson here, and many of us know the story, Samson was a man who was often used by God, a very strong and powerful man when the Spirit of the Lord was upon him. But what brought me to this story was an incident, something that happened to me about two weeks ago now. I was going through a, a, a TV and I was trying to find out I was trying to get to the right uh, input so that I could get a picture. But as I was watching and I was trying to change the inputs, I got two messages and I got both of the messages in this exact order. The first message was no source has been selected. And then the next error message I got, because no source has been selected, it said no signal. So I, I realized it gave, it gave me those messages in that order for a purpose because for there to be a signal, there has to be a source. And for there to be a source, you have to select the source in order to get the signal. And we'll also talk about you might have to get the signal, you have to select the source, but to have a source, you're going to also have to have service. And, and we'll get to that in just a moment. But when I thought about what it was saying here, and I thought about Samson here, I thought about Samson was a man who was mightily used by God, and I wanted to use Samson for a purpose because we're not talking about just some run-of-the-mill ordinary person in the Bible. We're talking about a man who, has made, who made a profound impact during the judges' years of Israel. You know, Israel had, had, had king years, and then they had judges' years, those who would just rise up and be of assistance. And now one thing I've learned about the judges, and as we learned about the kings as well, is they weren't perfect people. These were people who had several flaws. And one thing you'll find about Samson, the reason that we get to this story, is because of Samson's flaws. And we know that the Spirit of the Lord came upon him mightily, but yet he had many flaws. So when I, I thought about Samson and I, I thought about this story is that, I, I, and when I thought about the fact that you can not have a signal without a source, I thought to ourselves that we need to examine the source. We need to make sure that we are connected 
to the source. See, I, I begin to question Samson here because if you look in this story, Samson was chosen even as a young little boy. It wasn't something that he opted into. He was chosen. He was a Nazarite. He, he, he wasn't supposed to cut his hair. That means that didn't start when he became a, a, an adult. That was when he was a small child, that he was not to cut his hair. He was chosen by God. And, and, and let's understand, there's a difference between God choosing you and you choosing God. And, and sometimes it, it, we, we, get, we can get lost in that because God can choose you, but you have to choose God. And not only you can't choose God one day, you have to choose God every day. Every day. Because some of the, they, they got a phrase out here today, they say they chose violence. They chose violence instead of choosing God. And some of us, we choose violence too. I mean, by violence, I mean you choose the hard way. You choose to, to show your behind, in other words. You choose to, choose to tell people about themselves, you know, when you choose violence. But you have not, so when, in, in making that, that dichotomy between being chosen of God and you choosing God yourself, there is a difference. Somebody say there's a difference. There's a difference because many of us know people who are immensely talented and God chose them, but do they choose God? They choose God. Tess Samson was immensely talented. He was an immense, immense tool that was used of God. And God had obviously chose him, but we see in the story several instances of Samson not choosing God. And I want to tell everybody in here, I want you to know it. I want you to feel it from the depths of your spirit. I want those who are listening virtually to get this in your spirit because I want you to feel, I don't want you to feel like you're unimportant. I don't want you to feel like you're, you're less than what you are. But I want everybody in here to know that God chose you. You are chosen of God. And in fact, I want you to put that in the chat. I am chosen of God. Say that with me. I say, I am chosen of God. I'll say it again. I am chosen of God. Let's get it in your spirit. I am chosen of God. God chose you. God chose you. And, and, and God had many other options. But he chose you. Many other options. God could have created any other person but you. But he chose you. You are chosen. Before you were formed in the belly, I, I knew thee. I chose you. The very hairs of your head are numbered. I chose you. They said the, the, the lily spins and toes, but, and it is very taken care of. But, it, but, but if God chose the lily, don't you think God chose you? He chose me. I'm God's chosen. So that means... And sometimes we say, I'm God's chosen, and we tell other people, like, you got to watch how you treat me. And that's true. But often we say that and neglect how we ought to treat ourselves. I'm God's chosen. So that means there's a certain level of how I treat myself. There's a certain level of things that I accept there's a certain level of expectation that I don't need the pastor to set an expectation for me. I'm setting these expectations for myself because I'm God's chosen. I don't need you to list me the Ten Commandments. 
There are certain things I don't do because I'm God's chosen. I don't need you to put a list of places where I shouldn't go. I know I shouldn't go there because I'm God's chosen. There's a certain level of respect that I'm going to expect from the people in my life or they're not going to be in my life because I'm God's chosen. I, I know how to treat myself, and it's important that I know how to treat myself because if I know how to treat myself, then I know how to treat you because the Bible tells me to love thy neighbor as you love thyself. So God anticipates that I'm going to have a certain level of respect for myself so that I'll know how to treat you. I'm God's chosen. Say that with me again. Say, I'm God's chosen. God's chosen. God's chosen. And Samson forgot that. He's God's chosen. God could have chosen anybody else. But instead, what is Samson doing? Lying around with the women of the Philistines. The people he shouldn't even be associated with. Not only is he associated with them, he's lying around with their women. Dad would say laying and playing, whining and dining. (laughs) Fooling around with, with, with the women of the enemy and not treating himself as one of God's chosen. And let me give you this. If you don't treat yourself like one of God's chosen, don't anticipate anybody else treating you better than you treat yourself. Why am I expecting somebody to have a higher opinion of me than I have of myself? I'm trying, to, I'm trying working right here. I'm trying to help somebody because I'm God's chosen. There's a level of expectation that I set for myself because I'm his chosen one. God's chosen. There's, there's a certain level. And, and let me tell you, I'm going to help some men right here. When, when we go, when my wife and I travel, when we go to a hotel, there's a certain level of hotel that I'll go to and I'll stay at. Come on here. I wish I had some women who would help me. And then there's a certain level of hotel that she expects to stay at. Come on now. She has some some higher standards and expectations as to where where, where we're going to stay. Um, My my wife likes new hotels. Y'all think think I'm talking about expensive. Not all expensive. New hotels. She's searching for those that are new, that are clean, that look nice. In fact, that, that she treats her restaurants like that, too. She'd be like, which, which, which Taco Bell did you go to? Did you, did you go to the old one? Or did you go to, come on, y'all. But, but there's a certain level of cleanliness. There's a certain level of, of expectation that she has. So, you know what? When I go and I'm thinking of her, she raises my level of expectation. And see, you ought to hang around some people that raise your level of expectation, not just for the things that you receive, but they change your level of expectation for who you are. I don't need people that lower my expectations from myself. I need somebody who's going to elevate the level of expectation even from myself. What I'm saying is surround yourself with people that help you get better. Mm -hmm. 
They expect you to be better. They anticipate you thinking on a certain level. They anticipate you operating on a certain level. They raise your level of expectation even when it comes to yourself. Don't hang around people that have low expectations for you because you'll tend to rise or fall to the level of the expectation of the people who are around you. I'm going to say that again. You tend to rise or fall to the level of expectation of the people who are around you. That happens all the time. It happens on, it happens on Saturdays at, at football games. They talk about this big, big team that's ranked really high, and they're supposed to have all of these four- and five-star players. And then they'll go to a place that doesn't have as high an expectation, that doesn't have as good a player. And sometimes they'll lose. You know what happens? They allow their level to fall to the level of expectation of where they were. They fell to the level of expectation to their environment. And I came to tell somebody, you're greater than that. (laughs) You're greater than that. You're, You're greater than that. Don't ever get confused by your surroundings. Always remember that greater is in you. Say it with me. Say, greater is in me. Greater is is in me. Don't get confused by my surroundings because greater is in me. Uh, Talk to me, David. David said, I might be shoveling sheep dung right now and singing these silly hymns to myself, but but, but, but greater. Greater, greater is in me. My, my parents might not even make it to the hospital. We, we, we can't afford a doctor. And, 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 and in fact, I can't even, we can't even find a hotel to, to, to stay in. And, and my mom had to lay me in a manger in, in a barn surrounded by animals <laughs> for me after I was born. But come on, Jesus, greater, greater. It's in me. Great. Don't allow your surroundings to dictate who you are. There is greater in you. I'm mopping the floor at the fast food restaurant right now. That's all right. That's greater. Greater. Greater is in me. I'm wiping up the chicken parts off the floor at the plant. But don't don't judge me by what I do. Maybe they're greater. <laughs> greater. Greater. Than, don't judge me by the car I drive or even the fact that I have to catch a ride where I'm going. Maybe don't judge me by that. Greater. Greater is in me. So I'm not going to allow my circumstances to dictate how I feel about myself because at all times, greater is in me. That's what Samson forgot. He's laying around with the enemy, laying with strange women, laying in the lap of his adversary, someone who's after the very key to his strength, the very key to his anointing, the very very thing that God is using to, to cause deliverance for Israel. He's playing around with that because he forgot what was in him. 
You never can compromise what God put in you because at all times, greater is in me. He, he, he forgot his source. And not only did he forget his source, I, I want to tell you something about the source. Remember I told you that the, 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 it came in this order. The error messages. It says, no source selected. And then it said, no signal. And, and then the first thing that will happen, though, if any of you have ever called your cable company or your satellite company, and I know everybody who's done this knows this, and it's frustrating because a lot of times you've already done it. You call them, I'm not getting, I'm not getting a signal. I, I'm not getting a picture. What's the first thing they tell you? Have you tightened your connections? <laughs> Have you tightened your connections? Are, are all of your cables plugged in securely? And let me tell you a trick they give you, a, a trick because you may not realize it's a trick. Sometimes they tell you to unplug it and plug it back in. The reason they're telling you that is because they don't believe you tightened your connections. <laughs> that's all they're doing. They just tricked you. You're you thinking that that's magic or that's going to do something. Oh, I didn't do it. Let me unplug it and put No, they're just trying to make sure that you tightened what they did in the first place. They're telling you, tighten your connections. And saints, sometimes we get a little loose. Uh, we, 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 we get like Samson. We start laying around and playing around with the enemy. We start playing games, Samson playing games with them. They messing with him. He's messing with them back. He trying to marry one of their daughters and other Philistines shouldn't been trying to marry him anyway. Then they marry them to one of his groomsmen and then he gets mad and he starts playing games. Killing foxes and, and lighting the tails of the foxes with fire and then burning down their fields. He's playing around with the enemy, getting loose with the enemy. And sometimes we get a little loose with the enemy. We get a little lax. You didn't pray yesterday. Now you didn't pray today. You didn't have Bible study last week. You didn't have Bible study this week. It's Thanksgiving. You know. I'll get back around to it. And soon your Bible reading and your devotion becomes just like your diet. I'll do it next week. I'll start next month. Well, the new year is coming. I'll start in January. It'll be my New, Year resol new Year's resolution. You're getting loose with the enemy. I came to tell somebody you need to tighten your connections. Point at your neighbor and say, tighten your connections. Tighten your connections. You need to stay connected to God. Men ought to always pray. No, they didn't say always pray on Sundays. <laughs> no. Men ought to always, every day of the week, all through the day, we ought to always pray. Why? Because if you don't pray, then you might faint. The recipe for not fainting is to keep praying. It's time to tighten those connections. Say it with me. Say, tighten those connections. The Bible says, submit your body holy and acceptable unto him, which is your reasonable worship or reasonable service. The very least of what we should be doing. It's time to tighten those connections. The other thing that I, I want to ask you this question, after you've tightened the connections, your connections can be as tight as you want them to be. 
But if you don't have any service, it doesn't make a difference. Oh, you need an example. You can plug all your electrical uh, appliances up to the wall, have them good and tight. But if you don't have any electrical service, if you, ha if you haven't paid your offering to Shelbyville Power or, come on, or, or, or some electric company, you can check your connections all you want to. You can tighten them up. <laughs> You're still not getting any electricity because you don't have any service. You don't have service. And what am I saying? There? Sometimes if somebody came to your house, yeah, all your connections are tight. Everything looks good. But you don't have any power. And some of us look good. You examine us from the outside. You examine us physically. He got the four-piece suit on. I don't know where he got that. He got that big Bible in his hand. He got the I Love Jesus bumper sticker. He, he, I see him in church every Sunday. Everything looks good. But you have no power. Because you have no service. See, this is, that's what happened to Samson. Samson got up. Samson, I imagine he was a good-looking man. Probably tall and muscular. But he, he stands up after she shaves his head. And he says, I'm going to shake myself just like I usually shake myself. He shook himself. Realized there was no power. His service had been... Disconnected. <laughs> and I wonder, are we going through all the forms of godliness, but we have no power because our service has been disconnected? It's been disconnected. Look good. We look the same. But we have no authority. We have no power. And, and, and I've talked all this month about, about gratitude, but, but the source even of our gratitude has to have service. We have to be connected. And sometimes I wonder if we lack gratitude because we have lost our connection. We, do no, we no longer have service. Maybe you're angry because you don't have service. Maybe you're frustrated because you don't have service. Uh, maybe you have a bad attitude and a, and a consistent frown on your face all the time because you have lost service. Maybe your service has been disconnected. Samson, he shakes himself and, he, and he's like, I, I, I'm going I'm to do what I normally do. But then it wasn't there when he needed it. <laughs> When, when, when he really needed it, he, he didn't have any power. And see, the problem is, if you surround yourself with other people who have power, you might think you have power that you do not. Ah, how, 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 how do I deal with that? When I come to church, I see the spirit of the Lord going forth. And I might be confused by that, seeing it going forth, and then go home and realize by myself, I have no, have no power. I, 
I don't have the authority that I thought I did. Maybe I was surrounded by so many people who had their lights on that I thought my lights were on. And then I got home and realized it was pretty dark because I didn't have a light myself. I was basking in somebody else's light. And I thought my light was on. But then I shook myself like Samson and tried to flip the switch and turn it on, but it didn't come on because my service has been disconnected. It's been disconnected. So, 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 so I'm asking, is your, is your service connected? But David said, in his, he said, David said, cast me not away. Lord, don't, don't allow me to get, allow my service to be disconnected. Lord, don't allow me to ever lose service. Cast me not away from thy presence, O Lord, and take not thy Holy Spirit from me. Why? Because David had a heart to be connected to God. David said one thing. Somebody say one thing. One thing have I desired of the Lord, and that will I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. David had a heart to be connected to God, and I wonder, do you have a heart to stay connected? Because I can read all the scriptures you want, and I can interpret all the ones you want, but baby, if you don't have a heart... You can surround yourselves by other people who have light and bask in the glow of their light. But baby, if you don't have a heart to stay connected. That's why, that's why we say, Lord, created me a new heart. Change my desires. Change my priorities. You ought to wake up with the thirst as the deer panted for the water brook. So does my soul pant after thee. Oh, God, you ought to wake up with the desire for more of God. And I can tell you why you should desire him, but I can't make you desire him. You have to desire him for yourself. Uh, like you say, you can show them the water, but you can't make them drink. I can tell you that it tastes good. I can tell you that it replenishes your thirst. Jesus was telling the woman, I can give you a water where you never have to thirst again. But baby, you got to drink it for yourself. Uh, I'm not going to force it down your throat. You have to desire to have this water. He said, do you want some of this water? water that bubbles up into everlasting life. I, I, I can tell you about it. I can tell you how good it is, but baby, you got to want it for yourself. You have to desire it for yourself because if you lack the desire, you'll find in a moment when you're by yourself that your service is no longer connected. Signal. What does a signal require? A signal requires, I'm finished, a signal requires a source. Signal requires good connections, and a signal requires service. It requires service. But on the other side of service, I, I wonder how committed are we to serve? How committed are we to serve? I was outside of Starbucks, and I'm, I'm finished. I'm just going to give you this story. I'm not, I'm not going to holler at you this morning. 
I need you to listen. I stayed outside of Starbucks the other day with my daughter, one of her favorite spots. And I was watching casually as some people were walking around. Yeah, they, were, they were walking around. Yeah, come on, Brother Levi, give me some of that good background music. I'm finishing up here. And when I was walking, I, I, when, we were, when we were sitting there by a fountain watching the Starbucks, and some people just walked by. Walked by, didn't even look at the sign. I'm sure it was in their peripheral vision. They knew it was there. They just weren't interested. Just weren't interested at all. Some other people knew it was there, walked by, and they just looked through the window and just kept on walking. They had limited interest. Some people walked straight in, saw the line, walked straight out. They were interested to the degree of their inconvenience. I want you to think about that. They were interested, but they didn't want to be inconvenienced. Some people would come to church, but my favorite team is playing today. I would come, but I'm limited by my own sense of inconvenience. I would serve the Lord. I would go. But remember when they, they were invited to the feast and so many people had excuses. I have to attend to my son's wedding. I have to attend to this field. I, got, I have so many other things that I have to do. And you know what the master of the feast said? Invite somebody else. Don't keep crying after them because they have excuses. Some of us will serve God to the point of our own inconvenience. But as soon as we feel inconvenienced, that's where our desire for God ends. Some went, stood in line for a while, but then they left. They were interested, but get this, but not, they weren't invested. So they had other priorities. They were interested, but not invested. How many people do we know come to church, call themselves Christians? They're interested, but they're not invested. They, 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 they could just walk away at any moment. It's not something that's so meaningful to them. They might stay a while, but then they'll leave. They, what the Bible says, have a form of godliness but deny the power thereof. They like the specter of walking in the door, but they don't really care, I, I not get this, they don't care if they leave with anything. Oh, I want you to get that in your spirit. Because there's some folks that go to church because it's fashionable, because it's cute, because that's what I do on Sundays. I, I wear my cute t-shirt and I come in and I jump around with the praise team and I leave, but I don't really want anything. I don't want anything that's going to cause me to change my behavior. <laughs> I'm going to still cuss folks out on Monday if they cross the line. I, I, I came, but I didn't leave with anything because I'm not invested. <laughs> you gonna cuss me out, baby? I'm gonna cuss you out too. Don't try me. 
I, I, just because I walked in the door of the church don't mean I came out with anything. I'm interested. I stood in line, but I left because I'm not invested. I want you to observe these last two that I'm going to talk to you about. Some went, stood in line a while, and complained, but they stayed. Very interested, too invested to leave, and they stayed and got their coffee, but they were disgruntled. They weren't happy that they were inconvenienced. And I wonder sometimes as Christians, do we fall into that category? I've been coming this long, might as well keep on coming. Interested and invested, but no longer have joy. Have we, have we lost our joy? Have we lost our passion for God? Sometimes we, we say this scripture so much that, that we lose the passion that, that, that is invested in, in, in what David is saying. He said, I was glad when they said unto me. Glad. We, we hear it so much. Oh, yeah, I was, I was glad. I was glad. No, that's not glad. But I, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. Bless the Lord, all oh my soul, and all that is within me. I'm going to bless his holy name. There is passion in that scripture. Some of us, we just, we just, some of us, as it comes to church and it comes to service to God, we're like those people. They stood in line so long that they just said, well, I might as well just stay. I have no passion. I don't really, I'll get something, don't care if I get it or not. I'm just too stubborn to leave. I've invested too much. So I just might as well stay. They stayed. They got their coffee. But they lost their passion. Saints, you can't lose your heart for God. You can't lose your thirst for God. Baby, don't lose your passion. Don't lose your passion for God. I heard one preacher say, he said, I'm so passionate about God. He said, I can listen to a bad message and get happy because I'm thinking about what they're trying to say. <laughs> Ooh, that's, that, 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 that's passionate right there. I, 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 I can go to the service. My, my dad told the story about the, about the old woman who was sitting on, on the front row. And they said when she, she came to the service, they the, the, said the choir was off too. The woman was on the front row. And she was clapping. She was happy. She acted like she was listening to Kirk Franklin or James Hall or Ty Trippin. They sounded awful, but she was up there clapping. And she was happy. Said, said, said the pastor got up and got John and Peter confused while, he, while in the middle of preaching. But the woman was God happy saying, amen, pastor. 
Then at the end of the service, somebody came to the old woman and they said, they said, why were you so, why were you so happy? The the, the, the choir, they, they were off tune. The, the pastor, he he got he got the the the, the men of the Bible confused. He didn't even seem like he could get his scripture together. She said, I know the master that the choir was singing about. I, I know the man that, that he was talking about in, in, in his service. So every once in a while, when you lose your passion, when you lose your connection, I'm wondering, have you forgot about the man? Because there's a part of God that he put in me that when he sees God in something else, he gets happier. Uh, it's like John the Baptist when he was pregnant in, in Elizabeth's stomach. When, when Jesus came, when Mary came in pregnant with Jesus. John, uh, uh, I wish y'all would talk to him, uh, as a fetus, uh, uh, as an embryo that was pregnant in his mother's stomach, started jumping and leaping because his Savior was in the room. But when I think about Jesus, some of you, when you first got the Holy Ghost, somebody could say, Jesus, you start speaking in tongues. You're about to lose your mind. You start shouting right where you are because you have a connection. I'm telling somebody right now, it's time to tighten those connections. Don't lose your place in the source. Let me tell you about the last person. The last person at Starbucks I want to talk to you about was my daughter, Brennan. My daughter didn't care how long the line was. She didn't care how many people were in there. As long as they didn't run out of her drink, she was going to stay there as long as she needed to stay. She was going to wait as long as she needed to wait until she received what she came for. She would see. I, I need some Jacob spirits in here because Jacob was wrestling with the angel and the angel said, let me go because the day breaks. Jacob said, I'm not going to let you go until you bless my soul. No matter how long I have to wait, no matter how long I have to struggle, no matter how long I have to be here, I'm not leaving until God gets me what he told me till I get from God what he said I will receive till I get my blessing until I get my breakthrough I'm not leaving I'm going to stay the songwriter said I'll wait right here till I receive what I need from God everybody standing to your feet come on put those hands together and give God some praise in this house Come on now, give God some praise. Hallelujah. 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 Heavenly Father, Lord, we, we thank you for this reminder. Lord, we don't want to be like robots that are walking passionless through the process. But Lord, help us to check our connections, to tighten our connections fall back in prayer, Lord, to, to get back to reading your word, to, to continuing to have a thirst 
and a passion for you. Having a desire to serve, Lord. Having a desire to be connected. Lord, even like David, if we only desire one thing, help us to remain connected to you. And Lord, because we know when we are connected, Lord, there's nothing that is impossible to us. When we're connected, Lord, we have need of nothing, Lord, because my God shall supply all my need according to his riches and glory. When we are connected, Lord, and all things are working together for the good of them that love the Lord to them who are the called according to his purpose. When we are connected, Lord, no weapon that's formed against us to prosper when we are connected. Lord, help us to remain connected to you. Help us to remain in line for your blessing. Lord, help us to not lose heart and to be reminded, Lord, that greater, greater is in us at all times. And we pray all these things in our son Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, give those, put those hands together and give God some praise. For those of you who've been watching us virtually, we praise God until we shall see you again. God bless you. I hope and pray that each of you were touched and inspired by our service today. If you wish to partner with us, you can do so by Giveify. Download the app on Apple Store or Google Play and search for Bright Temple. If you wish to partner with us on Cash App, just look for Bright Temple in the two line. And in the four line, tell us the purpose of your gift. If you would rather mail your gift, you can mail us at Bright Temple, Post Office Box 453, Shelbyville, Tennessee, 37162. Thanks in advance for your generosity, and we pray God's blessings on you and your gift.